Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Before we get to that, we'd like to tell you about those that make this podcast possible. This week's episode is sponsored by our friends over at Sovereign Financial. Mike Cuckle and Will Hines are incredibly gifted at taking care of you and your investments. They both are good friends and I trust them with my family's future. They not only focus on your ROI, but they also do in-depth research and investigation so you can rest assured that you are only investing in like-minded companies. They call it biblically responsible investing. You can reach out to them at SovereignFIN.com. Again, that's SovereignFIN.com to make an appointment. And if you tell them you heard about them on this podcast, they will give you a free portfolio review and consultation. Our friends over at Spencer Hines Properties, founded by Ben Hines and Lynn Spencer in 1993, Spencer Hines has 10 agents specializing in only commercial real estate. The businesses that they have helped bring to the upstate of South Carolina have created over a thousand jobs. Their agents are dedicated to teamwork, integrity, excellence, and compassion. You can find out more at spencerhines.com. Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast, an outreach of Impact Sports International. We seek to use sports as a vehicle to take the gospel to the hard to reach, the lost, and and the forgotten. forgotten. Whether that is just 10 minutes down the road or on the other side of the world. Here is your host. Here's your host. Here's your host. Here's your host, John Andrews. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Say All That to Say This podcast. I'm your host, John Andrews. Uh, We're bringing a special episode today, a special post trip episode we just spent uh 10 days in the middle east and probably why i sound the way i do i started getting sick on the way home and i've been battling sinus infection so i apologize for that however uh as we did this summer after a trip having this podcast as a platform to share what people went through we want to do the same thing for this trip Uh, i've always said that this ministry is much better experienced than it is explained You can learn about this ministry by going to our website, or you can sign up for a monthly newsletter, but that is nowhere close to the depth of understanding of the global spiritual need and our role in trying to meet that need. But when you actually go with us and you experience it, it's almost impossible to come home the same. And you're going to hear from the guys on that trip, uh, their experiences uh, from the trip, how it affected them, what they saw, what they experienced, what they uh, came home with. And so just sit back and uh, relax or work out or keep driving, whatever it is you do while you're listening to the podcast. And just listen to the hearts of our team that use their gifts and their talents that God had given them. And in some cases, the gifts and talents they didn't have to help reach the nations. We were not in the studio. Uh, I recorded these both on the back end of our trip and then also since we've gotten home. So the, the sound is not going to be quite as professional as we normally do that. Uh, but when you hear these people hearts, I don't think it's going to matter how good the sound quality is. Uh, when you hear their heart and what we're talking about and what they've experienced, I think it's going to uh, have a profound impact on you. Uh, I've always said when people step out of their boat and follow God's call in their life, it's not just for them, it's for the people that they're going to influence as well. So we hope that that is the case uh, for this episode. So sit back and enjoy as you hear the hearts of the guys that went with us to the Middle East and took the time to step out of their own boats. Hey guys, I'm now here with Grace. Uh, Grace, you have been overseas 
many times with multiple mission partners. And um, this was, I don't know what number this was for you, but um, it was different, I think, for you this trip. And I want to know what you thought uh, about the trip experience itself, maybe how it you know, compared to previous uh, mission projects that you've been on in the past. And then uh, what God showed you on this on this trip and what he taught you. Okay. Um, yeah, I have been on a bunch of trips before um, with a bunch of different groups. And um, I think my favorite part of it, or one of my favorite parts, was just the, the team itself that got to go um, and the different personalities and, and skill sets and how that all worked together to create the team that it did, but being able to watch each of us kind of work in our giftings and, and connect with the people that we got to work with and coach and stuff was um, really cool. And this trip was one of the first trips that I've really felt like I had a, a part of the team exactly. Um, and so being able to kind of step into that was uh, really fun. Okay, so you, uh, I've known you for a while and uh, you've never met a stranger. You are um, a natural, um, your, your personality naturally tears down walls. People feel comfortable around you. Uh, you have the uh, unique gift to strike up a conversation with anybody. And so as we walked into multiple, multiple new places uh, this past week, and that was, that was unique about this trip in comparison in comparing those with others that we've done in the same area, um, we were in a, a lot of new places, a lot of places uh, that were new, not only for us, but for the mission partners we were working with, um, oh, trying to open new doors for them. Uh, and so sometimes that would make somebody feel uneasy. I don't think that was the case with you because, again, you have the ability to walk into a room of strangers and walk out with a group of friends. And uh, so I want to know kind of what your thoughts were as we bounce from place to place, new place to new place, and um, how you felt like God used you in those situations. So one thing that um, the director of the organization we worked with said at the very beginning when we first met with them is, uh, you know, ministries sometimes seem to have a hit and run perspective on things and and that's not how they work which really hit home with me it's hard to feel like you're not having that type of attitude on a short-term trip but I think one way to not have a hit and run type of mentality is going into that school or environment or whatever and saying I'm gonna make the most of it right here right now and so for me I wasn't coaching or anything like that I got to sit and just hang out with the kids or the the volunteers that were there and so if you I think the best way to interact with them is to go ahead and break down a wall make a random comment or make a joke and just try to strike up a conversation with them in order to connect with them in order to lead them better and so as you uh, found yourself you mentioned you weren't coaching you weren't necessarily on the court or the field during the week um, there may be times where you felt like you were not being used uh, as other team members were, um, how do you see as, as you would have filled the role that we like to call bleacher evangelist or a bleacher preacher, someone who's not necessarily on the court or the field, uh, in the middle of the fray, but you are from a ministry t- standpoint, just as, or more effective than those who are standing on the court with a whistle in their mouth. So give me your thoughts. Um, and, and not a, not a, 
not a pattern response or a, a cliche, but how does it feel to know that God can use anybody in any situation, whether they are the ones that are sought after or not? I think it is very, very important for people to know that they don't have to be a coach to be on a trip like this. Um, it it does help a lot of times, mm-hmm. especially when we are coaching and we're teaching them whatever sport or that type of thing. That's obviously very important, but it's not essential because the sport just opens the door to the conversations that you have. But if you're not willing to kind of continue that um, in the in continue those conversations, then you're not really doing your job, I don't think. And so for me, I got to sit and kind of I got to watch everybody else do that on the court. And I got to see them kind of break down those walls with a Frisbee or basketball. Um, but me and a couple of the other people on the team that weren't coaches got to break down the walls with the volunteers and the people on the sidelines. And so um, a lot of the people that I ended up talking to were coaches and athletes themselves, but in, in that area. And so being able to to lead and direct and encourage the people that are doing that for other people is one of the greatest opportunities that I see myself having on trips like this is being able to to come alongside the people who are constantly pouring out and being able to pour into them a little bit and, and encourage them in their work. Okay. All right, last question. You work with uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes here mm-hmm. uh, at home. Um, what does a trip like this, uh, what God showed you, what you experienced, how does that change you coming back and working in the ministry that you've been called to here locally? One thing that we talked about a lot while we were on the trip was community and what that looks like there and, and the community we saw in the organization we worked with and how we can bring that home. Um, and like you said, one of my favorite things is building relationships. We both mentioned it, building relationships with people and breaking down those walls. And and so uh, being able to come back to this world of ministry that I get to live in now kind of changes the perspective. One thing that um, I love is I loved to watch happen while we were there is the way that they reach people isn't by sharing Jesus and smacking them with the Bible and running away. They, they're consistent and they're intentional in their conversations and don't always have to say the name of Jesus to get their point across. And so for me being able to say, okay, go into a school and yes, be bold enough to bring up Jesus and to share the gospel, but also be willing to show up for kids in different ways and be able to show up for them consistently <coughs> and have the hard conversations and, and do life with them instead of just trying to to make them follow something they don't really understand or step into this life with Jesus and not really know how to do that. And so not leaving them high and dry, but being consistently in their life and part of discipling them and and teaching them how to bring others along as well. Grace, I want to thank you for two things. One, I want to thank you to, uh, for your willingness to go and serve, even if it was a little bit outside your sweet spot. But also I want to thank you for your heart to serve here locally and your heart for uh, the students in the public schools here and your heart for the nations. I'm now here with Reed. Uh, Reed went with us this past week, and uh, it was a unique experience for Reed because, number one, it was his first time on an airplane. 
Uh, number two, it's his first mission trip and certainly first trip overseas to experience another culture. So, Reed, would you tell us um, kind of your thoughts heading into the trip? Uh, you had nothing to compare it to. So what, what were your experiences like um, heading into the trip and then what actually, uh, how, how the trip actually moved you and what you experienced in comparison to what you felt going into it? Yeah, selfishly, I thought it was going to be a trip where I was bringing something to a place that had great need. That's where my heart was. That's what I'd say it was a bit of my motivation, but the, definitely the Lord used that to humble me and get to mm. me. Um, I, I surely looked at the trip start date and end date as looked at the start date as a time that I needed to arrive. I needed to be something I needed to amount to something so that I felt prepared. Mm. And again, those are all selfish motives, but I, I was humbled. The Lord humbled me in that and through the whole experience. Cause I, like you said, it was a lot of first, first time on a plane, first time in a new country, uh, first time trusting God in a, my, uh, being sustained by him being on a, a team um, and truly, it was not a service that I could bring, but instead, God uh, used this trip, used this experience to show that He's not a God that just serves the U.S. soil or the or whatever, but He's a God that is universal. He's bigger than I thought. Um, he exists in the lives of people in the Middle East, just as He exists in my life and my heart. I was reminded that. I have brothers and sisters that don't look like me or talk like me, and that moved me. And again, it humbled me to the point where I'm not bringing something of a service, but instead God's using other people in this new location to to get to me. And that that is, it just pro- proves to me God loves me more than I can imagine. And yeah, I that motivates me to, to just continue to go and be uh, exactly where he wants me to be and move my selfish desires out of the equation and just live life with an open hand. That's, that's fantastic. But you said, you said a line in, in the middle of that, that I want to go back to. You said he's bigger than I thought. Mm, yeah. Um, can you, can you expound on that? Because one of the things that we always want to do, uh, and this was our own personal experience when we first got started, we, we, our eyes were opened to the global need, um, to those that had never heard Jesus' name before, and but also people that were working in these places and, and believers that were uh, living in these places with significant persecution, um, the need for security and, and, and stealth, and it opened our eyes too. Would you explain, because that, that's a beautiful statement, mm-hmm. because that's one of the things that we want to accomplish as a ministry is to really to have people's horizons broaden, their perspective change. And you said he's bigger than I thought. Can you can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I all too often resort to compartmentalizing things in life. And in my head, I, I the only, I'd, I'd say my background, given my background, raised here, never been out of the country, never seen other things, um, I, I just put I put God in a box, mm. uh, the American Bible Belt Christian upbringing that I that I have, and I'm blessed to have that. But I am refreshed by meeting uh, meeting someone that was in this in this country, 
that I just asked them because she she had just followed me on one of my social media accounts. And I saw in her bio, uh, it said Jesus with a, a big heart beside it. And I just asked her, hey, can you tell me about that? Tell me a little bit about that. And I was so refreshed with her heart to explain her story. And she had a definite different upbringing than I did. And for whatever reason, I chalk it up as God pursued me, yes, um, but it was because things were on easy mode. Things were, I'm over here in the Bible, but where uh, there's Christ-centered communities all around me, all that stuff. But I totally looked past the possibility and potential of God pursuing someone in a place and culture where Christ's name isn't spoken on the streets. So there's, there's things, there's persecution, but here is this person given a testament <coughs> to uh she she said this something along the lines of this i asked her tell me your story how did you come to know jesus and she says well a few years ago all i knew of was a god that was a big god mystical in the sky but two years ago and she she almost pinpointed it to a date um jesus became my best friend Mm. and um i want everyone to know jesus the way that i know jesus he has changed my life and I can see the excitement in her, in her face and in her voice. I can hear it, that she's trying to struggle. And, and she knows English well, but you could tell she's trying to search for the best answer, the best words to describe her life change. And I, I just looked at her and I just said, you know what that makes me and you? I'm 16 hours away from you in my hometown, but you're my sister mm. and, and I'm your brother in Christ. And that is... That is how big God is now that I see that. He is, he has no bounds, no limits to uh, his love and pursuit of his people. That he goes further than my expectations every time. And that is a new discovery. Hmm. All right, last question. Um, because, you know, we, we always want to uh, take athletes and coaches, but we want to bring home missionaries. And you and Andrew both are involved in a basketball work here mm. locally. Um, tell me what your experience overseas, uh, your experience doing football, uh, basketball and even ultimate Frisbee um, in a Middle Eastern country. How does that change the work that you do here? That's a great question. Um, yeah. And uh, I was along with that question. I was challenged by a leader in the Middle East with a question that has also spun my heart thinking on that topic. And he asked me, if you had more courage, what would, how would your life change? Mm. And I, I think to answer both questions is, or I, I would say something of the sorts that it, the gospel is not that complicated. It is way too complex that I make it in my head, that I overthink it or I'll, I'll, paralyze myself in the all the selections that I have or routes I could go but the gospel's simple um, Jesus loves the people there in, in that country just as much as he loves the people right here in the Bible belt and the experiences there have taught me that a, a a something as simple as a connection made with a frisbee throw or a basketball pass um, is is something so simple, just and it translates to the simplicity of a message of a gospel of the of the gospel, and this wristband on my wrist right now, 
paints such an easy conversational message of how beautiful the gospel is. And I want to take that um, in the community uh, uh, right here um, where we, we use basketball as a means to get to people and bring people together. I want to take the, the simplicity of it and, and just send it just as it was uh, in the Middle East where he previously prior to the trip, I, yeah, I'd say I, I, I suffered with uh, selection paralysis or where I, I will overthink it and ultimately dilute the gospel message. And that is not, that's not what anybody needs. Anybody, everyone here and there needs it pitched to them simply, simply and God will do the rest. God will take it and the spirit will move. And that is something I need to lean into that it's not on Reed's efforts. Um, the spirit is, is alive and moving here, there, and everywhere. And um, it, there's nothing that will hinder it. There's nothing that will prevent it from going to every uh, end of the earth. Mm. Um, and that's something I need to have faith in deep, deeply every day. I need to commit to that um, because I believe it. I know it's true because I've seen it on U.S. soil and foreign soil. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. Well, Reed, I am uh, certainly glad you went with us. You were a tremendous addition to the team. Uh, you brought your own set of characteristics and qualities, and that's the beautiful part of a of a team is that each each member fulfilling its role uh, makes the team better. And and you were, and uh, I appreciate that. And more importantly, I'm excited to hear that your God is now bigger than you thought He was, mm. and uh, I'm excited to see what happens from there. Thanks again, Reed, for being a part of this and for going with us. All right, Jerry, uh, here you are a uh, multi-time trip vet. Um, and so, and you had actually even been, uh, to, to this particular country before. Uh, so better than most, you had a good idea of what to expect going into this trip, but I'm curious to know, uh, what, how this trip differed from what you expected going in. Yeah, um, just coming in the trip, I really wasn't that excited about it. Like, mm. I, I've been before; I knew what to expect. And last year, it it wasn't one of my top uh, trips I've ever been on. Um, and I just had a lot of stuff going on back home, real busy, and just a lot of stuff going on in my mind. Um, and just didn't want to spend two weeks away from all that and not be able to spend time on the stuff I need to take uh, take time on here. Um, but once we got there, I mean, it was great. Um, I learned probably more about myself than anything this trip. Mm. Um, cause we went, we went from sun up to sundown basically every day doing stuff mm-hmm. and it was taxing. Everybody was tired. Um, so coming into the trip, uh, I was sick battling with that already had, um, just spiritual warfare walking into it. Um, and being on trips in the past and especially this one last year, um, I, I kind of know what to expect a lot of trips, but never really felt like I was a part of the team. Mm. Um, I felt like I was kind of just in the back and just, just the little, I don't even know what you want to call it, but just, tag just along. um, not having a purpose. Yeah. A tag along. If you want to say that. Um, but this trip, I, I kind of realized like I'm never going to be the guy that is just going to throw 
um, verses and all kinds of stuff down a person's throat and just lead dozens and dozens to Christ. But I figured out I'm I'm the guy that can be goofy and be the be the uh, stupid one and um, create those relationships and make it comfortable on them that other people can step in and um, I make it basically easier on them. Well, uh, it's a beautiful thing when somebody figures out their role uh, on a team, but I, I, I want to make sure I, I understood you correctly. You didn't say that God made you stupid, right? That's not what you <laughs> right. were saying. Okay. All right. Just wanted right. to clarify. Uh, but yeah, when you get to the point where you understand your role, and I, I saw that in you on this trip where you began to uh, embrace that uh, and see, you know, how God has equipped you uh, specifically because there were some other people we had, we had four people on their first trip ever. And, uh, they were, they were hesitant to begin with, you know, they, they didn't know what to expect. They, there was not a certain level of comfort, uh, that you, that you had walking in. And so we needed that, uh, on the team, we needed somebody to be, uh, you know, the, 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 the clown that draws everybody's attention. And, um, I can remember halfway through the trip, we went to a, I can't even remember how many different schools we went to, honestly, but we were at, um, the white shirt school. That's just the way I remember it. And there were, we were just, uh, overwhelmed by the multitudes and you were giving high fives through a fence and you turn around and you said, I love kids. <laughs> and that's just a picture of you grasping and becoming, uh, more of, of what God has, has equipped you to be. Uh, let me ask this question. Tell me how it felt, because you said for the first time you felt like you had a, you really had a role in the team. You were a part of the team. Tell me about this team. Uh, what what about this group of individuals that went uh, helped you along in that process? Gosh, I mean, this is a this is a great team. Um, I, I've said I said earlier in the week that with with all the trips I've been on, this is probably the the best like group that we've taken. Mm -hmm. One would just all the diversity and spiritual gifts and also just how quickly we connected. Right. I mean, uh, me and one other guy came from a different city and by the time we met up with him, um, in one of the airports, they were already all best friends. With each other. And <laughs> that's, that's special. You don't really see that a lot. Um, but that helped a lot with, you just got to know what, what people are good at, what they're not. And you can work with that and be able to create a great team that, uh, it's able to do some pretty special things. Yeah. All right. One last question for you, Jerry. I, um, uh, I've been asking almost everybody this, how does this change you going back into your day-to-day -day schedule, uh, back home and your work and, and things that you're doing, uh, on a daily routine? How does this change, uh, who you are, what, and how you go about doing that routine? It, it, it gives it a different perspective on with, with me figuring out what I'm best at from this last trip. Um, it doesn't give me that pressure to come back and just just want to just go and try to shove Jesus down our throats because you go you get on that spiritual high after you get back and then you're like I have to do something mm -hmm. but then I've I've learned what I'm great at so I can still do that back here and not have to do something out of my comfort zone because if it works there it's gonna work here um, it, there is no there's no boundaries on where your spiritual gifts are. Um, mm -hmm. So just be able to create relationships, even if that's just simple stuff where for a little while that 
Jesus is involved. And then once you create that good relationship, you're able to start sharing. Um, but just being more decisive on um, growing those relationships and mm. reaching out towards other people you normally wouldn't. Yep. Um, but it's pretty big. Just being able to just being able to figure that out this trip and make it easier on me once I get back. Yeah. Well, Jerry, I appreciate your willingness to go on this trip, uh, to take the time away, even in the midst of a busy schedule and a lot of uh, obligations back home. Uh, you were a key component of the team, uh, provided some things that other people did not have, and uh, you made us better. So thank you for going. I'm here with Adam, and uh, Adam has been with us before. I went to East Asia a few years ago, and uh, so Adam, I want to know kind of what your thoughts were going into this, uh, having been before, having that experience. Um, what were your expectations? Uh, obviously, East Asia and the Middle East, <laughs> significantly different different cultures. But um, what were your expectations going in? And then, you know, here we are at the end of the trip. How has that changed uh, from what you expected? To what you actually experienced yeah um so when we when we went to asia it was um i had no idea what to expect that was the first country i ever went to beside besides the u.s and so we got there um, food was different and obviously the language barrier was a thing but there we did a lot of competing um, we were playing ourselves and doing a little bit of coaching um but it was a little more difficult for me at the time to connect with people uh personally because um, honestly i wasn't in the best spot in my life and in my faith. It definitely helped me and opened my eyes, but um, I just feel like I wasn't where, like I said, where I sh felt like I should be um, with my walk with God going into the trip. Um, but here, coming here, I, I hadn't, I didn't really know what to expect. I assumed that we were gonna be playing, but we, um, we didn't play at all and that wasn't, that wasn't bad. It was um, obviously a lot of coaching, but pretty much everyone here did speak English so that open the doors for you know to build the relationships with people and um to grow closer with them um which obviously you saw this week how how god was just moving mm -hmm. um and said it was a very powerful week and a lot of people just felt jesus's presence um but for me personally this week was this week was like i needed this bad mm -hmm. um I think that I got a lot of things off my chest and um, God just I just felt God's presence more this week than I ever have in my entire life mm. um, and we were having that devotion that one night and it just said like I am with you mm. and I just broke down um, in tears and, and in life I, some people like I try to act like I have it all together and um, like I'm always confident in everything and um, that I can do it by myself. And I put a lot of burdens on, on myself and just to, I don't know why I've read that I mean, many times and it just hit me differently that, you know, I, I was reminded that like, I don't have to take this all, like, I don't have to do it all. Like God's I'm, I'm with you. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, going into the trip, <clears throat> I had no intentions of, you know, ever getting a tattoo in my life. And <laughs> I ended up getting I Am With You um, in Arabic 
on my wrist and I know my parents are not going to be too happy with me, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure they'll understand once I tell them why. But it's just a reminder when, you know, in life when I have things going on or I'm losing confidence or I just feel like this is too much. Um, I just know that I'll have peace knowing, you know, he's with me, even though that's so simple and I should know that already. But just the way, um, you know, how God was moving this week, not only my, the people, other, other people's lives this week, but mine personally. Um, it's just got me fired up to go back. Um, I mean, you talked a lot about like you know what's next for me, and um, I'm really excited to to get back and try to you know make that impact that I've been trying to make in my in my community um, with my employees, um, and just I'm excited to see because this is this is different. Yeah, where I'm at right now. Yeah, I've never been in this spot before, um, so I'm just. I'm I'm fired up. <laughs> I really am, and it was it was just really cool. And this group we went with, I didn't know really anybody on the group, but get here and just the way we bonded and connected, and just the way Jesus was moving through all of us was just, you know, you can't explain it anything else besides just the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it was with us all week, and it was just, it was a selfishly I needed this trip so much, but yeah. it, we did, you know, we shook we shook those trees this week, yeah. and uh, I'm excited for the team to you know pick up the pick up the apples and you know do the rest so definitely be praying for them um and uh, i'm excited well one of the uh one of the things that we always say is that we want to take athletes and coaches we want to bring home missionaries and um, obviously we want to see god work in the lives of people with whom we work overseas but our secondary prayer is always that that it change the lives of the people that are going with us and I think uh, I think it's easy to see for me this week but also for the folks listening to hear uh, your heart and how God's softened that changing that as we as we move forward uh, Adam I appreciate you going with us making the effort and the, the sacrifice to be there and uh, I'm excited to see what God does continues to do in and through you yes uh, you know whenever you go you know I'm always I got a, I got a pretty open schedule, so I'm yeah. always down to go, and I'm I'm looking forward to to many more. And um, I'm like I said, just excited to see what God has planned for not only me but the rest of the guys and also everyone. All right, so we're now here with Andrew. Andrew uh, was on his first trip with Impact Sports, and uh, he had done one other trip uh, to Europe uh, a few years back. And so I want to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, first of which, um. Working in the Middle East and working in Europe uh, are two different two mm-hmm. different animals, yep. and uh, and so that being your only ex, uh, expertise or experience with overseas missions, what was the mindset that you had going into this trip, and how did it change as the week went on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about my experience um, in Europe, and um, I went with an organization that I was familiar with, and it wasn't centered around sports, and so. Um, there was a lot of differences as it pertained to maybe the focus or the the tool that we would use to to bridge barriers. Um, but my experience there was was um, in Europe was great. But I think about this trip and it was um, I had a lot of unknowns. I had a lot of questions as to how it would go. I was honestly a little bit nervous, um, and I'd never done a sports trip. And so um, yeah, I was really excited um now thinking back on it how god showed up and so um 
I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, tell me this. What personally mm-hmm. uh, did you experience that uh, has changed your outlook, um, either on overseas missions or ministry in general? Um, how it's changed you coming home? Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot that I think I was bringing into the trip. Um, there was something the Lord had laid on my heart, and um, I'd actually mentioned it uh, to some of the guys and even you on the, the trip that um, the story of Jesus isn't enough, um, but that we need to encounter with Jesus. And that was my thought going into the trip. And it just, that thought continually was affirmed um, just more and more as I had conversations with the people there. Um, with the team that we were partnering with there, with um, the people on our team. And, um, yeah, I think as I'm coming back home, there's been a reset as it pertains to to my mission, to my mission here. Um, And I believe that's just a a beautiful thing. Hmm. Well, you're involved in a a sports work here Mm -hmm. in the community locally. Mm -hmm. So having experienced sports ministry on the international level, and I will say that um, the the draw for you, I'm sure, was basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a champ, you you saw a need and you filled the 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 spot for a frisbee coach most of the week. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for your flexibility. But with that in mind, coming back home and working specifically in in a basketball work here in the community, mm-hmm. uh, how has that experience uh, changed your outlook on this? Uh, mm-hmm. But also. Um, what do you what are, What are your thoughts about what your work here could be, uh, having seen um, what it looks like in a place where you can't openly share the gospel, mm-hmm. where you can't openly say, "Hey, Jesus is the reason I'm mm-hmm. here." Yeah. You can do that here. So, comparing and contrasting the two experiences, how does that change you as far as your work here? Yeah, it's much harder when you you can't share the gospel in the same way that you would here in the the community, and so. Um, last night, uh, when we got back two days ago, but last night I was in the gym with a group of guys and, um, we were all sitting around in a circle and just even being able to freely share Jesus was a little bit different. And, but it also is, um, I think the, the reality is the, the fight that we're in as believers is to bring people from darkness to light Mm -hmm. and regardless of where you're at in the country or out of the country, um, it's hard because it's a spiritual battle. And so um, one of the things I shared with the guys as we were sitting down last night was that it, we are not looking for a new way to explain Jesus. I can't um, sit there and give them this beautiful portrayal of the gospel that they um, they might have never heard, but they need to, like I said earlier, encounter the person of Jesus. And um, I think that allows me to um, empty myself of all the burden and the, the weight to, to carry that because I'm not meant mm. to carry that. I'm only called to show up and be obedient. And so um, I think as it pertains to the conversations that I had overseas and then now leading here, um, I'm a little bit freer. Mm. And um, I'm really grateful for that because I realize the pressure is not on me. Mm. That's a good word. The pressure is not on you. <laughs> uh, we, we can't save somebody for all eternity. Um, but we also can't mess it up so bad that God can't save somebody for all eternity. And there is freedom in that. Uh, Andrew, I appreciate you going. Appreciate your heart for ministry. Um, I'm grateful for your flexibility, as I mentioned before. And I look forward to the time that you can go with us again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I'm here now with Danielle. Uh, Danielle went with us. It was her first trip with us. It was also her first mission trip overseas anywhere. 
And, mm-hmm. uh, and then another step is that Daniel, uh, is not necessarily a sports person. So this was a, this was a real reach for you, Daniel. I want to, I want to yeah. ask you this question to start with, with your limited experience in missions or no experience in missions, and then also not really knowing how you were going to fit in. What were your expectations going into the trip? I will say, because my husband had been on a similar trip, Mm -hmm. he definitely helped me prepare in the sense that I wasn't going to be the most involved or forefront leader of the group. Um, I wasn't going with coach or with coaching or sports history. Um, so I was mentally and spiritually, emotionally, all the things preparing to go on this mission trip, knowing that I was going to be on the sidelines, Mm -hmm. but also knowing that is where some of the most valuable conversations can come from. So I knew I wasn't going to be the leader on the core, right? Um, but I wanted to take advantage of the limited time that we had to start developing relationships and get conversations going immediately. Mm. And I think the group needed a coach and I think the group needed the sideline cheerleader. Absolutely. I think we all had um, different things to add. Yeah. to the group, um, different strengths to yep. add. And so thankfully I knew that going in kind of mm-hmm. what it would look like because my husband had been on a trip. And so I was kind of prepared to yep. sit on the sideline, but I was excited to do that. I think because I knew that going in, I was looking forward to it. I wasn't like, Oh dang, everyone else can coach and be with the kids. And I'm just going to be on you know, the sideline talking to girls, like I was actually really excited about that. And I think that's one of my strengths is conversations and relationships um, and building trust with people. So I was excited about it. I, I actually wasn't struggle struggling with that, which I'm thankful for. And I only can say that because I had already taken that to the Lord and asked him to direct me Hmm. on this trip. So it was okay that I didn't have the sports experience. Um, it's okay that everyone else was, I didn't know this, but it's okay that everyone else was questioning why I was there Yeah, yeah. <laughs> since I didn't have any sports experience. Um, but it was my first mission trip and that I will say, um, was different than I was expecting it to be. Um, only in the sense that when you think of a mission trip, you think of going and telling people about Jesus mm-hmm. and getting to open your Bible and explain to them the gospel. Right. And we couldn't do that. And that was hard. That was a challenge. I know in our group, we were like, we just want to talk about Jesus and tell them about God. And when I think of a mission trip, I think about going and people being saved and dedicating their life to Jesus and leaving a Bible with them. Uh, So it was different in that aspect. Sure. Um, But again, with the conversations and the relationships and getting to leave behind bracelets that are an example of the gospel uh, was really, really cool um, Mm. to experience for the first time ever. Wild. I can't believe it was my first one, but it was a good one to start on for sure. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you to your husband for prepping you like he did. Uh, 
we've had people go. In fact, you mentioned this. A lot of the the ones that that, that go with us that are the most effective uh, from a ministry perspective are not the ones that are on the on the court or on the field. Uh, they're they are those on the sideline, and you um, you were prepared going into it, and um, it, it's the beauty of a team being a team because for a team to function properly, every team member needs to know their role and want to fulfill that role to their utmost. And I can remember looking over, you know, we bounced around to so many different schools. Um, you know, some had, you know, just a handful of kids out there at a particular class period. And some we were sworn by multitudes. Uh, yeah. And I said this at some point during the week, just, it was amazing to watch you just kind of sprinkle your pixie dust around and the <laughs> girls just gravitate towards you. And I, I think of a couple of schools where there were 30, 35 girls just completely, mm-hmm. um, you know, encircled you and we're just warning a piece of Danielle. And, um, and that was something that nobody else on our team could do, uh, because we, we had other roles to fill. And so I want to thank you for being obedient, but now that you've gone, now that you've had that experience, uh, what's changed? How does this affect you moving forward? Mm -hmm. This was my first time going to the Middle East and mm-hmm. seeing what religion looks like there. Right. And I I lived in Europe for a little bit and I had lived in Rome and I got to see um, Roman Catholicism and living, getting to be in the culture. Mm-hmm. It, it does open your eyes to some of the freedoms that we have here at home and how I live with a personal relationship with Jesus, which I tell everyone is the best part about our faith is that it's not a religion. It's a relationship. I say that with air quotes, but because I'm not ashamed that it's a religion that is mine, but it is, it's a relationship that I get to have with Jesus and going over on this mission trip to the middle East and seeing that struggle, even um, for the friends that we made that believe in God, it's hard for them to sometimes connect that we get to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's so heartbreaking. Like yeah. that, that has carried me. I, I've told everyone, I literally this morning was on the phone with a friend of mine telling her about the trip. And it's, that's like the biggest thing I told her that I'm coming back with is that we get to have such a personal relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that it's so hard to share that with them, that my heart is like shattering for my friends there. Mm-hmm. Um, so what will I be doing with that? First of all, praying a yeah. heck of a ton, because I want them to know that relationship with him and get to experience forgiveness and love and grace in Jesus. Um, But also thankfully getting to make those relationships there. They now uh, are messaging me and we follow each other on Instagram. And so I want to keep that up. I know it's hard to believe that that might like last forever, but trying to hold on to those relationships and share with them now as much as I can, but also setting them up for success where they're at and, Mm connecting them with people in their home, in their culture, in their community that 
do know Jesus that can continue to like love and pour into them. Yeah. Um, that is the action steps that yeah. I'm going to try and pray and keep up with. That's beautiful. Well, uh, Daniel, I want to, uh, thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone, um, and going on a sports mission trip, uh, having never been on one before a mission trip period, much less a sports mission trip, which you on paper net, maybe not necessarily qualified for, uh, yeah. but you were in a position where you were highly effective and you use the gifts that God's given you. And so I want to thank you for being bold enough to step out of your own boat, but also, um, being faithful enough to trust God with the results. Thanks. And, uh, you, it was you, an amazing trip. You added a, a tremendous aspect and component to the trip that nobody else did. And I want to thank you for that. Oh, well, I appreciate the opportunity to go, especially that it was a sports mission trip and I did not have the resume that qualified for it. We kind of made it up or fudged it a little bit <laughs> with the fact that I was a sports reporter. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I was not sideline reporting for Ultimate Frisbee. So, yeah, I so that was probably new. Yeah. Yeah, that was a new one. But I stepped in. I tried to play and y'all saw why I do not play. So uh, I appreciate the opportunity um, and the trust to go. And even though I didn't have the resume to back it, um, the opportunity, it was amazing. I want to go again. Hopefully I've made up some kind of resume to qualify me for the next trip. <laughs> well, once you've been, once you've been with us, you, you are now qualified. So we would love to have you back. All right. Well, thanks I'd again, Danielle. Of course. I'm now here with Matt. Matt has been with us on several trips to East Asia, but that's a little bit different than the Middle East. So Matt, I want to ask you, number one, having been before and your experience, uh, your experience being in East Asia, how were things, uh, what were your expectations going into the trip? Uh, what actually ended up being what you expected and then how much was different? Yeah, so from the uh, East Asia trips, um, our schedules were always very loose and we, we created our, our own days and there wasn't a lot of structure. So going into the Middle Eastern trip, I, I wasn't really sure what the schedules were going to look like. I knew that there were some more, um, you know, coaching sessions and things that we didn't necessarily do in East Asia. So um, I was expecting that, but going into the trip, it was definitely a, a flexible trip. Um, you might could call it because um, we weren't in the same place every day, which was like East Asia. Um, so that was kind of comfortable um, to be in. Um, but it was also very different because um, we were coaching and that was something different than uh, we had did in East Asia where we did a, a lot of just um, street evangelism um, type things. And so um, going and just teaching a skill and then those, um, you know, teaching that skill leading to conversations um, with kids and with, um, you know, people we were working with, um, it was really great. Hmm. Well, you, uh, you almost didn't make it. Uh, there was a snafu with your passport as you were checking in, uh, and we weren't sure, uh, it, barring a miracle of you getting a new passport inside of 24 hours, um, you weren't, you weren't going to be able to make it. So I've always been of the, the mindset that if things like that happen, uh, it is the enemy trying to attack and keep things uh, from happening uh, for God's glory and his purpose. And so give me your thoughts as you are laying down in your bed in the hotel in New York 
when we're on a plane heading heading east, um, and then as you wander around New York City, hoping and praying that you get a passport in time, what were you thinking, not only in the moment, but what that meant for the potential uh, that you weren't going to be able to go? Yeah, for sure. I I would say um, the moment I realized that I was either going to go home or have to go through a lot of um, struggle just to get a passport, I definitely, you know, it took it took a shot um, just to my spirit because I was so excited for this trip. Um, but I will say before before that moment, I my my view on this trip was very different than it was after this happened. Um, and I, I truly thank God for that because I, I definitely came into the trip thinking um, this was going to be another East Asia trip. Um, not that East Asia isn't, you know, wasn't as, you know, fruitful, um, spiritually, but I would say I was coming in thinking, um, this is going to be another great trip to go overseas and, um, you know, maybe just spread the gospel around. I didn't really have much expectation, but I would say once that moment happened, this trip definitely became more of, um, a privilege, um, something that I didn't realize that um, I really, truly in my heart wanted to do. And so laying in the bed in New York, I, I just felt so defeated. And so just, you know, God, like maybe you don't want me on this trip. Maybe this is the way, you know, this is, you know, you're you're trying to get my heart right to go back to, um, home um, to use this experience. Um, and so I laid in the bed and just thought, you know, man, that man, this, this really stinks. Um, and then waking up the next morning, um, just thinking uh, <laughs> some of the people I met, just hours before I might never see just because um, we never really got a chance um, to hang out or um, just grow together. And so um, waking up that next morning again, just sitting in that hotel room thinking, man, this is really impossible. Um, but as the day progressed and as we just kept praying, and I knew that there were people praying for us um, to just get through this whole situation, um, God just slowly began um, just... Um, I guess the word is priming my heart to really serve him because there was a lot of moments that happened that truly couldn't have happened unless God was present. Um, and it was very, very cool to see that before we even got on the plane to go to the Middle East. Um, um, we saw a lot of miracles happen before we even got to the place where we wanted to see them happen, um, which in the moment was hard to accept and hard to be grateful for. But I was definitely after the fact, um, it was definitely grateful to see that. Okay, now, uh, last question for you. Uh, as you made it through New York and the whole passport fiasco and seeing God work in the big and the small, you guys ended up only being 24 hours behind us, which is incredible to believe. And you only missed about three hours of the first camp, which is even more insane. Uh, so what, as the week began to move forward and you began to interact with uh, as you said, team members that you had grown close to just in the Charlotte airport. Um, but not only our team, but the team there that we were working with. And then the kids uh, that, that we were teaching basketball frisbee to. As the week progressed and you became more and more familiar with the circumstances, tell me what God was doing in your heart. Um, I would just say um, the beginning of the trip definitely was just a lot of unknown. And I feel like that's how it is with you know most people that go on trips like these. But um, just a lot of unknown of, you know, having to create relationships with people. And um, I, I would say as the as the week progressed, I just um, just kept feeling just a, a tug um, and just a, an uneasiness about just the spiritual um, 
I guess uh, maybe drought or decay in the area that we were in. There was a lot of just darkness, and it mm. was just it was really interesting to see that the team that we went to go work with how much of a light they were. Um, and I actually said that in one of our devotions we had throughout the week was just seeing how um, you know the the light of the group that we were working with how they just were so different than everybody else in the Middle East that we had worked with. And so um, just as the week progressed, and it was really it was really cool to be able to talk to some of the, the younger people um, on the team we were working with and um, just to hear their stories and hear what they were struggling with. Um, and then just seeing that and seeing what they were going through on a daily basis and then turning back and looking at my own life and seeing the things that I thought were important and I thought were serious, um, turned out not to be as much <laughs> as I wanted them to be. And so seeing that um, really just, you know, coming home just definitely is a, a perspective changer. Um, just, you know, it makes you care a lot more about some some things that you you didn't even realize you cared about. And so you came back from the trip. And so just every day waking up and serving and just giving everything that you have, I think was really, really big for me um, in a time that I really needed it. Hmm. Well, Matt, I appreciate uh, all that you went through, uh, the uncertainty before we you you even left the country to to your faithful service uh, in the Middle East. Um, you're always a valued member of our team. You're welcome back anytime. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm now here with Jordan. Uh, Jordan has been on many trips with us through the years in many different locations. So let me ask you this question that I can't ask everybody else. Uh, this was our third trip to this particular location. Give me your thoughts on doing projects to the same place and working with the same group of people multiple times, as opposed to just going somewhere once and then moving on to the next. Yeah, okay, so... One thing I think that happens when you when you go to a place multiple times is the relationship between the, the people that you're working with develops and strengthens and deepens. Um, and I would say for sure that happened here. You know, in our first trip, we came in and did what they asked, but they were getting to know us. We were getting to know them. Um, we didn't really know each other's hearts yet. It was, you know, it's just like any other relationship. It it. it it needs time to deepen. Um, the second time was a little different. You know, they better understood what we had to offer and what we could do to help them. We better understood what they needed and, um, you know, how we could come alongside them better. And again, we built stronger relationships with the leadership there. This time was, I think, just a compound effect of that. We got really close with the family, um, the, the leader of this, this ministry there in that city, who has a real heart for mentoring young people and um, modeling Christ through his, through his relationships, through the way he treats people, through the way he um, conducts himself. And so this, this particular trip, I think we, we just really got, um, we really just connected and we really became, I guess was what I'm trying to say, family on mm -hmm. this trip. Um, our family with their family, our people with their people. Um, we got to know each other on a, just a little more personal level. Um, some of the things they were experiencing, we got to, or I guess not got to, but went through with them, those sorts of things. And, you know, sometimes I have heard, I've heard people kind of give 
short-term missions a bad rep just in that you know when you have a short-term uh, mission group that comes over it doesn't really do any good for that organization you know you, you kind of do your touristy stuff and take all the pictures and you know it's more for the group than it is for the people that are local and live there um and i we're as you know we're really intentional about making sure that what we do is beneficial for them. We are not going there for our own, you know, resume or our own checklist of places we've been in the world, but we really want to come alongside people and do whatever it is we can to help strengthen their ministries where they are and expand their, their influence in whatever city that they're working in. And so, um, I would say this was a really good example of that. We, we came away from, from that trip really feeling like we had and, and, and do feel like we have brothers and sisters, um, very close family members that are, you know, in a, in a country thousands of miles away, but, um, but loving the same Jesus and, mm. and trying to serve him as best we can. Mm. All right. Let me ask you another question. Again, based on your experience and having been to this particular location multiple times, but also uh, many other places in the world with our ministry, uh, you probably more than anybody else on the trip had the right to make an educated guess as to what this trip was going to look like based on your previous experience. But I'm not sure that ended up being the case. So talk about your ex- your expectations and what you were sort of thinking was going to happen on the trip, and then how that actually played out. Well, if I've learned one thing over the last 18 years of of serving and doing this sort of thing, it's to not have expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know how things are going to go. You, you know, you have to be flexible. Um, I just don't have expectations. I just go in with an open mind. Um, from the very first day before we even left the U.S., um, we had to kind of drop back and punt on this trip. Um, one of our team members had an issue with his passport. And so before we even left New York um, to board the plane, uh, we realized that he was not going to be able to go. And so I ended up having to stay with him in New York City and figure out a way to, to get his passport um, renewed. Or it ended up being an actual miracle. Um, huge shout out to State Representative William Timmons' office and their district director, Seth Blanton. They went, he went above and beyond the call of duty to help us out. Mm. Um, it, it was truly a miracle. Uh, you know, and what usually takes about six weeks, um, their office was able to, to get a passport in a very short amount of time so that we could get on the plane the next day. So from the get go, I knew, you know, this, there was no point in having expectations for this trip, but I will say just some of the things that were different, um, good and bad are the group that we took this time. You know, we always, the people that go with us on these trips are, are phenomenal people always. Um, this group in particular was fairly young. Um, I, I think our, our, team ranged from, except for us, uh, the people that work here at this office and, um, and the two of us, everybody was between the ages of 19 and 27. So it was a fairly young group. Um, but man, they were, it was such a fun group. They were very humble. They, um, got after it, you know, when we're leading clinics and doing camps and, uh, you know, 
teaching basketball or ultimate frisbee or whatever it is that the job um, required that day, they were all in. Um, nobody ever complained. It was just a very fun group to work with and really a, a very spiritually mature group. Mm -hmm. um, I was just very impressed with their their servants' hearts um, and their humility. They, you know, nobody cared who got the credit. Um, everybody was very encouraging. And when one person was having a hard time, somebody else would step in. Right. It was just a really good group to work with. Uh, the third thing I would say that was, uh, I guess, unexpected and, and different about this trip was we got to see firsthand the, the risk and the persecution that some of our brothers and sisters overseas have, have to endure. Um, uh, we had planned on the, the leadership there and the ministry that works in that city. The plan was to have a, a leadership conference for um, the young people that he mentors. And there were about a hundred, a hundred people from the city, um, you know, young adults, youth, from anywhere from 15 to probably 25, 26 years old who had registered to come to this. And, and that was our plan for the last half of, of the time that we were there. And the day before, a couple of days before, um, the leader of the ministry, who we've become great friends with, he got called in for questioning by the police. And um, it was kind of scary to think about that this was under such scrutiny, but, um, you know, we just, we know God's got a plan for everything, but just knowing that he was having to, to deal with that, that he was, you know, he was nervous about it. He was um, having to keep his phone off because um, he was pretty sure his phones were tapped. So that was very eye-opening. Um, we've not, we've not really dealt with that, definitely not in that city or that country, but in very few places where we've worked, have we seen firsthand that kind of persecution and scrutiny. Um, a couple of days later, they called him in for question again and basically told him that he couldn't have the camp and that, um, you know, the, the plan was completely scrapped. And just to see him, you know, when he came back to tell us that, one, I think he was disappointed for us and he felt like we were going to be let down. But more than that, there was, he was just, you know, he had invested so much in this, um, planned, spent money on this. And to have it kind of pulled out from underneath his feet like that was for sure heartbreaking for him. It was hard to watch him have to deal with that. Um, you know, there were, he was very emotional about it. And um, his, his leadership team was heartbroken over it. You know, they had asked us to come in and do this and, and the opportunity had been taken from them. And so I think that, in a couple of different ways was different. One, we'd not experienced anything like that. Two, we got to come alongside them and um, surround them with prayer and with encouragement. They have done that for us so many times, but I think it's important for believers who live here in a, such a safe place where we have practically every freedom we could ever want. I think it's important for us to recognize that that is not the norm. That is not the norm in the world. That what we have is so is such a gift and is, you know, who knows how long we'll have those freedoms, but mm -hmm. it makes me very grateful. But it also gives me a burden for our 
our brothers and sisters who are in in places where Christianity is not the accepted, is not the cultural religion, it's not um, you know accepted by the government, and the government can do what they want to. Um, so it was both eye opening and gave us a different kind of opportunity than we were planning for in just encouraging them and um, you know on, on on the day that he came back to the camp and and let us know that the the uh, the re- retreat had been canceled. I had just been reading, you know, and just in my personal reading, I had been re- um, reading Philippians 4, where it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. And, and just the, you know, do not be anxious about anything. And I had just been reading that on my own. And when he came, I just... He was sitting by himself with one of his other leaders, and he was he was weeping. He was heartbroken. He was you know, disappointed and frustrated and all the emotions that you can imagine. And I, I had the, the privilege of just getting up and going over and sitting in front of him on the ground and just reading that scripture and just seeing his, his tears, but also his, you know, that, that knowing that the same God who is, is in my Bible, is in his Bible, and speaks truth to him in the same ways it speaks to me. Mm. And to be able to share that um, was a was a real honor. Um, I count it a privilege that we have the opportunity to come alongside people that don't have the same freedoms as we do, and those who are suffering for their for their faith, for their mm. belief in Jesus. Um, and so. That was a, a unique experience that we've not had um, in prior trips. Yeah. Well, Jordan, as always, I, I'm grateful for your heart for the nations and your willingness to go and serve. And uh, thank you again for being part of our team. It was my privilege. So I say all that to say this. Whether you're an avid listener to our podcast or this is your first time, or whether you've yourself gone to the nations to help shine a light in the darkness, God has a bigger picture he's waiting to show you. All he needs is your ability and your availability. So I want to say thank you to our team that sacrificed so much to go most of the trip. We felt inadequate to do what was asked of us, but in that process, in that moment, I was reminded of God's words to Paul in 2 Corinthians twelve nine. He said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And then secondly, I hope that this episode gave you a little glimpse into what God is doing in and through those that are bold enough to let him. Thanks for joining us today. And as a reminder, we release these podcasts the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you're brand new to the podcast, go back and check out episode one so you can learn a little bit more about Impact Sports, what we do, but most importantly, why we do it. If you'd like to hear more from us, we are now sending out a weekly email devotional called Thoughts from Outside the Boat. If you'd like to sign up to get those weekly, you can go to utterlyamazed.com and sign up right there on the homepage. You can also pre-order our study guide written to accompany the book Utterly Amazed, Stories from Outside the Boat. That study guide will be released on November 16th. Please share this podcast with anyone you think may be interested, and then subscribe and review wherever you get your podcast. To find out more about Impact Sports, you can go to Impact Sports online, or you can also follow us on social media at Impact Sports INT on Instagram and Impact Sports International on Facebook. We'll see you next time on I Say All That to Say This. Mm-hmm.